People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. This is Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note here on Fine Music Radio. And the award-winning play The Unlikely Secret Agent is returning to the Baxter Theatre from the 21st to the 29th of October. Now, the Fleur de Cup Theatre award-winning and multiple-nominated production The Unlikely Secret Agent was written by Paul Dutoy, who also was nominated for a total of eight Fleur de Cup Theatre awards with Paul Dutoy winning Best Director. Detroit adapted the story for stage based on Ronnie Casrell's Alan Payton award-winning novel, The Unlikely Secret Agent, which explores the brave journey of Eleanor, Casrell's wife, and a clandestine agent for the underground ANC as she navigates her escape from apartheid South Africa. And Erica Marais plays the role of Eleanor, uh, Ronnie Casrell's wife, and studied at University of Pretoria educational theatre, puppeteering program with a special focus on the disadvantaged communities of the Mamelodi Township and has also spent several years teaching drama at Amoyo Performing Arts situated in Imizamo Yetu in Heart Bay. And in fact, you live in Heart Bay, don't you? First of all, Erica, welcome. Welcome to People of Note. Thank you very much, Rodney. It's lovely to be here. I was just saying to you, actually, as you came in, you live in Heart Bay, so obviously the Imazamo Yetu thing caught your attention quite early on. Yes, that's true. Ever since I've lived in Heart Bay, I've seen things that they've been doing in the community, and I got involved teaching drama there as well. Do, because they do everything. They don't just do music, do they? Do They do all sorts of things. They do mostly drama, well, actually mostly dance, Dance, drama, and then also singing, but also everything in the entertaining genre. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, let's just talk about your role in this play, The Unlikely Secret Agent. You're playing the role of Ronnie Casserell's wife. Tell me what sort of role it is. Is it a a taxing play, a taxing role? It is quite taxing because it is a true story. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I play the role of Eleanor. It's set in 1960. And um, it's at a time where we w- the country was struggling for freedom, and um, Eleanor managed to outwit the security police. They arrested her, trying to draw Ronnie Casrells out. Actually, he had gone into hiding. Mm-hmm. Was and he still in the country at that stage? He was but still in, in the hiding. Country. He was in hiding. He'd actually gone up to Joburg. Mm-hmm. This is set in Durban. And um, they tortured her. They kept her, you know, in a solitary confinement. And she never gave in. She, it was, she had incredible strength, actually, for such a young woman. And then feigned a mental breakdown. She went on a hunger strike, feigned a mental breakdown, and got transferred to a mental hospital in Peter Maritzburg, where she started to plan her escape. Escape from the country, right out of the country. From the hospital first, oh. because she was there for observation for 30 yeah. days only, and the police were coming to come and get her again. And before they came back, she managed to escape. <laughs> 
And what happened to Ronnie in the meanwhile? So Ronnie was up in Parktown in a safe house waiting for Eleanor. He'd obviously heard what had happened to her and they were trying to make plans to get her out of it, but she couldn't wait. So she actually made her own plans and escaped by herself. And then they did meet up in Parktown. And from there, they actually did flee the country. Uh, went to Tanzania where they worked in the ANC offices for a while and then they went to London. So that is in the book but it's not on stage. So we had to stop, you know, the story on stage somewhere. We couldn't do the whole book on okay. stage. So how have you adapted it for the stage? So Paul Detoy did the adaptation and wrote the script. So it's basically from where Ronnie and Eleanor met spans over three years of their lives and then it ends where they meet up again in Parktown. Before you flee to overseas. That's correct, yes. So are there grueling scenes in hospitals and mental breakdowns and there, torture? Yes, there are quite a few of, we call them the interrogation scenes and they are quite grueling and it is quite taxing, I must say. For the audience. For the audience. Let alone you. Let alone for me as well. But it's also sort of broken up with light moments of the scenes that we have in the mental hospital, especially, mm-hmm. or the crazy woman that she that became her friends there. And it brings much needed relief for the audience as well. OK, after all this, what sort of torture? I mean, is it awful and horrible? Uh, I, I don't want to say too much. No, no, actually, you're right. Don't, don't. Let it be rather a surprise. I think so. How old was Eleanor at that stage? She was only 25. Oh, she, she was very young. She was very young, and she was a single mother. She had a little girl of seven from a previous marriage. But very young, very naive, and... That's why I think Ronnie calls her the unlikely secret agent, because when the police looked at her, they would never have imagined that she was actually so much involved Mm -hmm. in the underground activities as well. Is she still alive? Unfortunately not. She passed away in 2009 already. Just from natural causes? She had a massive stroke, and apparently it it happened quite quickly. And then what about her daughter? What happened to her daughter? So her daughter's name From the previous marriage. That's yeah. right. Her daughter's name is Bridget. Uh, it's quite a sad story in a way for me because after they had fled the country, Bridget was left with the grandparents in Durban. And Eleanor had hoped that the grandparents would then send Bridget to her, uh, which didn't happen. And she only got to see her daughter again when Bridget was 18 years old and could wow. come across to London. Yeah. But I met Bridget last year. Oh, did you? Yes. Uh, it was an amazing experience for me to mm-hmm. meet her and to talk to her about her mom. And and probably enhanced your performance a little bit as well. Definitely. I think all of it. I've spent many hours talking to Ronnie, actually um, asking him about Eleanor, what she was like, her mm. mannerisms, you know, what were her dreams and her likes. So. Yeah. It all has helped me to bring Eleanor to stage. Bring her to life, so to speak. Yes, very much. Um, I'm talking to Erica Moran. What's your first piece of music? Queen, I see. I want to break free. Gosh, we don't play this every day on Fine <laughs> Music Radio. Why have you chosen this one? Well, that was actually... Uh, when I was 13 years old, my very first LP that I bought was That's What I Call Music Now, number one. And that was also the first song on it. And being a young teenager, I think I was quite a bit rebellious in a way, wanted to break free from, you know, the constraints of especially a conservative upbringing. And um, yeah, I've always loved, loved that song.
Queen, as I said before, we don't often hear Queen on Fine Music Radio, but on People of Note, we are known to break rules. And that was Queen singing I Want to Break Free. And it was the first choice of Erica Maria, the actress who's playing the part of Eleanor Caswell's in the play The Unlikely Secret Agent, which is soon to open at the Baxter Theatre, having been at the Vaudefierce and all over the place. I just want to ask you, Erica, a little bit more, because it's not just you, is it? There's a fairly reasonably sized cast. Yes, that's correct. Uh, We have four other actors in the cast, so my ensemble cast, um, all brilliant performers. I am so happy to have managed to get this cast together. So we have Gideon Lombard playing the role of uh, Lieutenant Grobler, who is the chief interrogator and investigator in the security police. He's the one we're going to hate. That is correct. (laughs) Although, before I carry on, all of these actors are actually amazing because they play the security police officers, but they also play all the other characters in the story, male and female, black and white, and they do so effortlessly. So it will really delight the audiences. So yes, so we have Gideon Lombard as as Lieutenant Grobler. Then we have Vessel Pretorius, uh, as he plays Ronnie, as well as uh, Lieutenant Vessels. Oh, so Ronnie does appear in the play. He does. Ah, he okay. is in the play. Okay. We used to have Paul the Toy playing Ronnie last year, mm-hmm. but now we have recast and Vessel has now joined the cast and um, fits in beautifully okay. as Ronnie. Then we have Carlo Daniels, also a new cast member. He plays Major Steenkamp, who is sort of the boss um, of the security police and then a new actor called Ntlantla Kutu he is only 25 but absolutely brilliant and he plays Officer Milan and then obviously all of the other characters as well, um, all of them So it's an ensemble cast but it's interesting that they play very specific roles like that and yet they appear as what? What sort of other roles do they do? So, for, Just for example. So Ntlantla also plays Eleanor's best friend Wendy which the play actually starts off with, with uh, Wendy and Eleanor. Uh, we have uh, the cleaners in the mental asylum, Precious, that's also Ntlantla. And then the the crazy woman in the mental asylum, they're actually not crazy, they're alcoholics, but they do seem to be a bit crazy. So we have Franny, who's like a smoker, uh, uh, Wanda, who is like a crazy little girl, Swanee, who is the chief alcoholic, and that's Gideon also plays Swanee, and uh, Salma, which is uh, Carlo Daniels' character. Uh, they also play Eleanor's parents. They play uh, a night watchman. They play the psychiatrist, the physician superintendent in Fort Napier, matron, nurses. um, So a whole range of characters, actually. And do they, when when you're watching the play, are you aware that it's the same actors? Are there quick costume changes or is it designed in such a way that it's believable? It is so believable, but there are no costume changes. And it is incredible how the audience just actually laps this up and really believes the character changes. Mm -hmm. That's how good these actors are. They do it so brilliantly. Tell me a little bit about Paul Dutoy, the director, the original director, and as you said, actor. He has directed this. It is his direction, isn't it? That is, yes. So Paul has firstly adapted the book for the stage, so he wrote a brilliant script. Uh, Ronnie was very impressed with with his work and very happy. Obviously, we had to consult Ronnie 
through the of whole course, process. And he is very pleased, actually, with the script. Uh, Paul then is the director. He directed us last year as well as this year again. And, yes, Paul is an actor as well. So last year when we did the play for the first time, it was during COVID. We had a very tight budget. So Paul also played the role of Ronnie, but has since moved on and we decided that we'll re- rather recast it. Mm-hmm. But I think he misses misses it to be on the stage a little bit. But I think he also enjoys directing it very much because now he can really, you know, see exactly see it from the there. outside, That's sort of, correct. as opposed to being part of the ensemble. That's true. And even then, for him winning Best Director last year, while for this play, for this it, play while he was actually acting in it, is quite. But he went to. Um, didn't he leave South Africa in That's September? That's true, yes. So Paul's actually immigrated or relocated to Vancouver. His family's there, his wife and two boys. But he sort of travels between Vancouver and South Africa, doing a lot of work here and then going back again. So, in fact, he is coming back again next week when we move into the Baxter Theatre oh. to be with us and to help things Just a little along. backroom sort of question. When that does happen and you think, oh, my goodness, the director's in tonight – does he sort of try and freshen you up or does he say, look, it's slipping a bit or you're doing brilliantly? Does it make you nervous? I don't think it really makes us nervous anymore because we do know each other very well, the whole cast with Paul. Mm-hmm. But it is really reassuring to know that he is there and yeah, when things do slip, uh, he will say. So he'll come and give you notes afterwards, he having does. seen it. He does, yes. <laughs> in fact, we had a rehearsal last night for Vortvius, but he's in Vancouver, so we actually did it on Skype. We put up a tripod for him, and he could watch us, <laughs> and then we all got voice notes afterwards okay. with our <laughs> direction notes. <laughs> right. um, I think let's have some more music, Erica, and now we have the Cranberries. Tell me the reason this made it onto your list. Well, this is actually my favorite song in the whole world ever since it came out it just sort of really resonates with me i love the irish music the melodies in the song and um, i know it's originally a love song but for me it's also a love song for my life and for my dreams ever since i was a little girl i've dreamed of becoming an actress it's taking me quite a while to get there lots of challenges but just reminds me never to give up on your dreams and it's called dreams isn't it that's right here it is
the Cranberries. The Irish group with that piece called Dreams and a choice of my guest on People of Note this week, Erica Murray. And we're talking about the award-winning play The Unlikely Secret Agent, which after its run at Wordfierce is opening at the Baxter on the 21st of October. Now, you said just before that music, the song Dreams was special to you because you always had dreams about becoming an actor and you said it was difficult. So tell me a little bit about your background. Did you get into theatre quite early or when did you realise you wanted to be an actress? Well, I think ever since I was very young, I always loved to perform. Uh, we used to have house concerts with my cousins <laughs> and I've always wanted to study drama. My dad didn't want me to study drama. He felt like it was not really a career, a secure career. So after school, I decided to just go and work in the bank for a year, just as a gap year, because my, my father was actually in the banking industry. And then after that year, I also, you know, I said, okay, now I'm ready to go and study. And he was still, I don't think oh, that's dear. the greatest idea. And I went to study art only for a year. And then I got married at a very young age. I got married at the age of 19 <gasps> and had my first baby at the age of 20. <laughs> that is young, gosh. Very young. And my second child at the age of 22. And then when I turned 25, my husband said, you know, you don't have to work anymore. I know you've always wanted to do drama. So I went to study drama at the University of Pretoria with two little kids in tow at the age of 25. Gosh. And that's late to study any sort of career like that. That's true. And it was hard, but it was so rewarding. Mm. But then again, I didn't manage to finish my degree. I could only do the first two years. And then I had to go back into the working environment to try and earn money for the family. So... And ever since then, I've done educational theater, puppetry, but also trying to raise a family. And it has taken me a very long time to get where I am now. Mm -hmm. And for the past few years, it's really been uh, growing. And then the last year, it's just sort of really taken off now. With this play, With this, this, uh, this award-winning play. That's right. Were you, where were you born in Pretoria? No, I was actually born in a little mining town in the Free State called Valcombe. Oh, I've heard of Valcom. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always joke and say, uh, Valcom is famous because I was born there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Next time I see Valcom, I'll say, oh, that's where Erica Murray was born. That's right. And your husband, what does he do? My husband is an airline pilot. Oh, right. Yes. Gosh. Right. So at least you're in Cape Town doing this play. You're not away with people having to look after family issues. That's right, yes. For, for now, we are definitely here. But I am planning to travel with this play. It, um, oh, really? Is that on go. the cards? Definitely on the cards. We would like to go to Durban and to Joburg with this play. And then very exciting is that we have been invited by a theatre in London the Marleyburn Theatre to perform in their second season next year, June, July. So hopefully the unlikely secret agent will be going there next year. Yeah, of course, that is good news, isn't it? Because yes. that's a lovely international break for you. And it is, in a sense, an international story, isn't it? Because everyone knows about Ronnie Casrals when he was the dreaded red communist. There you go, yes. Enemy number one, along with Joe Slovo. And now this is all very much part of history. It is. It is very much part of history and I think very educational as well. And I really want schools to bring their learners to come and see this, this play. 
it's an amazing story. But you're right, yeah, Ronnie lived in London for 30 years, so there is a big following mm-hmm. in London. And he's very keen for us to take it to London and actually to Scotland and Ireland as well. So hopefully, that's all on the cards. We just need to find funding. Of course, because you've got to take the whole cast with you. That's right, yes. But local travel, national, is a great idea. It's the sort of play that should be seen by people in in the major cities, Durban, Johannesburg, Pretoria, because of its historical importance. Absolutely, yes. Eleanor, um, was she as <laughs> a strange was she a nice person apparently very nice which is why probably the police didn't believe she could be a spy that's true and she was very kind and she always put others above herself uh, ronnie was saying you know at a great cost to herself actually mm-hmm. the things that she's actually gave up her relationship with her daughter as well because she had compassion for for humankind for other yeah. people for the yeah. people in our country who were being oppressed but you've seem to have a bit of passion there as well, working with the Imizamo Yetu Heart Bay project and other projects to help disadvantaged people. Yes, absolutely. It really, that is something that's very close to my heart. Those children are amazing. Uh, they don't always have the best home life, and yet they are there every day doing their classes, practicing, and it's been very rewarding, actually, to see how children evolve and grow and develop. Mm-hmm. The other day I was in our local spa and the one teller said, oh, but I know you. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe from Heart Bay. She looks so familiar. And I said, do you, did you go to Amoyo? And she said, yes. And I said, I'm Erica. And she said, I'm Annalisa. And I used to teach drama. Did you remember her? I do remember. I didn't recognize her at uh-huh. first, but when she said her name. And it was lovely to see that she's all grown up and she's um, <laughs> a lovely young, young woman now. Oh, no, it's great work. So we've got Bright Blue coming up now of your next music choice, Erica, a piece called Weeping. Now, why have you included this? For me, this is quite an important song. I think it came out in 88 or 89, just before we um, got our new government in place. But it just speaks of that horrible time in our country where people were being oppressed. And it really touches me because it's not, it says it wasn't roaring, it was actually weeping. And so many people were weeping, um, being oppressed like that. So for me, it's really important. I'm quite ashamed to say, you know, when I grew up as a teenager, I didn't really know actually what was going on. No, but we didn't. We lived such a sheltered life. There was so much censorship around. Yes. Whether it was on radio or early days of television and at schools. So we didn't know. Yeah. So this is quite, it's like an anthem to me. Was the shadow of the 
Bright Blue with a piece called Weeping and another choice of Erica Maria, the actress who's my guest on People of Note here on Fine Music Radio this week. And Erica plays the role of Eleanor Casrules in the play The Unlikely Secret Agent, which is now coming to the Baxter Theatre on the 21st of October. You've chosen some nice music and each piece has been there for a very special reason. I like it when people do that on people of note and tell you why they've chosen it. Thank has you. music always played a special part for you? As an actress, do you listen to music? Do you play an instrument? I love music. Um, I used to play piano mm-hmm. and flute while I was at school, but unfortunately I haven't really pursued it. But I do love music. I think it is part of my life. Uh, music makes the whole world better, actually. Yes, exactly. You're absolutely <laughs> right, especially at troubled times. That's true. But let's just think, consider part of your career, because you also starred in some films. Carnaval Tate, for example, on Stories series. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your film career. So I haven't really had much of a film career. I would love to do more film and television work. Carnaval Tate was one of CakeNet's uh, series that, that they had for short films. And this is set in Cape Town. It was actually a lovely little piece uh, set during the Cape Town Carnival. I played the role of a policewoman mm. called Hetty. <laughs> and she... She would be called Hetty. <laughs> uh, in the Cape, she actually grew up in the Cape Flats mm-hmm. with a coloured family, and um, she was looking after the one young girl and taking her under her wing. And then this girl wanted to perform at the Cape Town Carnival, so that was that was what it was about. I really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. and um, I would love to do more film work actually. So, and more television, as and you more say. television as well. But so. you have done a lot of stage work, haven't you? And you also have a one-woman show or had called Jam Every Other Day. Yes. Now, just tell me about that, because a one-woman show, you've got to be quite brave to throw out there. Very much so. Um, I've had two one-woman shows, actually. So the first one, Jam Every Other Day, is a beautiful story. It's also a true story, uh, a lady's memoir. Her name is Emmeline Krill. She lived in the 1960s as well and had six children, not a lot of money, but the way that she raised her children was just remarkable. And that's also, I read the book and said, I want to do this on stage. And then I adapted it for the stage with Celia Musicanth. And it's set in rural Constantia and the forests of Neisner during the 1960s. Okay, yes, okay. so she had become a single mother. The marriage had split up. So, and they were all, you know, one year apart, all these kids. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she had a very unconventional way of looking at child rearing. You know, school wasn't that important. It was more important for them to be able to relate to people, to learn about uh, the forests. So she was quite a bit of a hippie in a way. <laughs> sort of bohemian. Yes, almost. very much. She is still alive today. So she is listening to me maybe. But i um, <laughs> very grateful to her that she has trusted me with her story as well and to put it on stage. And it was lovely because I had her children come and watch the show as oh, well. Oh, great. great. Did yes. she come and watch the show? She did. She did. That yes. must have been 
quite an experience for you as well as for her. Very much so. It, is, it can be quite daunting mm. to have that person there whose story it is because you do want to do justice to yeah. their legacy as well. And that's the same with Ronnie, actually, when he came and watched the show. He has seen The Unlikely Secret Agent actually quite a few times. Okay. Um, but it is quite daunting, I know, for myself and the other actors when we know he is in the audience. But he's been very supportive. But there's been another award-winning, a Standard Bank Ovation Award at the National Arts Festival, Your Perfect Life. Yes. Which you co-wrote, did you? I did. I co-wrote it with my friend Faron Wheeler. Sue Vivian directed it. And it's also quite a special a story for me. It's loosely based on both our lives, Farron's life and myself. It's about two friends meeting at their 20-year school reunion after not seeing each other for the 20 years. And um, they were very close at school, but then the friendship has sort of drifted apart. But the one is uh, the career woman, the other one has got the family, and neither is sure they have what they want. So for me at that stage, when we wrote it, I was the mom but wanted the career and Farron the other way around. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. So a stage seems to, I mean, you said you wanted to do more cinema and television, but some actors say there's nothing quite like the stage. That is so true. And I think I will always, that will be my first love. Uh-huh. Definitely. It is just amazing because every performance is different because you have different audiences. That's the thing. So yeah, every night is different. It, mm-hmm. it is, there is nothing like it. I love it. I've been reading a short thing about Peter Cushing, the famous actor who did quite a lot of Dracula and Frankenstein films. And he said how much he hated the stage doing the same thing every night for a long run. And he said that he likened it to a painter painting the same picture every day. Wow. I thought, but no, that's not right, is yes. it? Because it's, as you said, it's the audience that makes each night different. Absolutely. And you as a person also go through stages and emotions and stuff. Um, and stage performance, I feel, it continues to grow. Mm. Uh, we did this Unlikely Secret Agent last year. We had eight performances and now seven at the Artscape. And already... More and more, I can feel Eleanor's character grow and evolve, and I'm enjoying it so much. Do you ever think back to maybe the first night when you did it the first time and think, gosh, it's grown so much since then? Yes, very much so, and it's Mm -hmm. actually delightful. All right, Erica, we're going to have Ella Fitzgerald now. How about that? Mm-hmm. A frequent visitor to Fine Music Radio on the right. airways, Ella Fitzgerald. Our love is here to stay. Yes, this What's is a this very special song. We play it in The Unlikely Secret Agent. It actually, the play starts off with a song and it ends with a song. And this is Ronnie and Eleanor Casrell's love song. This was their favorite song or one of their favorite songs. And it just depicts their love for each other. They were very much in love. They've had a hard life, but Mm. they stayed true to each other. And um, I think uh, Ronnie, when Ronnie came to watch the show the first time, he said it was like falling in love with Eleanor all over again. Oh, shame. Okay. Let's listen to Our Love Is Here To Stay. It's very clear. Our love is here to stay Not for a year But ever and a day The radio and the telephone And the movies that we know 
may just be passing fancies and in time may go
they tumble They're only made of clay But our love is here to stay Ella Fitzgerald there, the great Ella Fitzgerald, Our Love is Here to Stay. And there we are, another choice of my guest on this week's edition of People of Note, Erica Marais, who stars as Eleanor, Eleanor Caswell's in the play The Unlikely Secret Agent. But now, just as we are approaching the close of the program, you're in the midst of this play now with a run at the back, so you mentioned you might go overseas next year. But what happens after The Unlikely Secret Agent? Well, I have another one-woman show that I have just uh, completed with Paul Toy directing it. It's called The Goeie Pa. Oh, in Afrikaans. It's in Afrikaans. It was actually, tra- Paul translated it for me from the English play. So the English play is called The Good Dad, A Love Story. It was written by Gail Lowe. She's a South African playwright, but she's been in the UK for 30-odd years. Mm-hmm. I got to know Gail through Ronnie Casuals, actually. She wrote another play called The Ice Cream Boys, which was based on Ronnie's other book of him and Jacob Zuma. So I uh, got to know Gail a little bit more, and then I saw that she, this play, The Good Dad, was being performed in London. And I asked her to send me the script and uh, read it and asked if she would be happy for me to perform it in South Africa, maybe in Afrikaans, and put it in a South African context, and she was very happy. So I got Paul the toy on board again, convinced him to translate it into Afrikaans, and we set it in South Africa, and it's called the Pa. It is a one-woman show where I play three different characters, the mom and twin sisters. It is a, not an easy watch. Uh, I know it's called the Pa, but it's not a about a good dad, actually. It, it talks about abuse and gender-based violence and how these three women are affected each in their own way by the father's abuse in, in the home and how they deal with it. And I do not want to give the end away. No, no, either. don't. But it's a quite a difficult play, but also I think it's a brilliant play. Mm-hmm. What made you want to translate it into Afrikaans? As a matter of interest, purely. um, I haven't really done any theater in Afrikaans, and Afrikaans is my home language. So I really wanted to do something in Afrikaans, and I think that was the main reason. And I also felt that the story, although it is set in England, could work very well in the Afrikaans context, especially um, for myself growing up in a Calvinistic background, and it was quite very strict. Mm. Um, And I think these kinds of abuse do happen a lot in the Afrikaans community as well. And there's something that I wanted to bring to light. Because we have that huge gender-based violence problem in this country, don't we? Does it resonate as well, maybe even more in Afrikaans? It's hard to say, but I think it does. Mm -hmm. It does, especially with a Calvinistic background, and it sort of can just be covered up by under the name of religion or right, 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 politics, politics. (laughs) Yeah. And this hasn't opened yet, has it? Well, it has actually opened. We did it in June. Mm-hmm. at the Drama Factory, but it is a play that I know will still go very far. So I am hoping to get it into all the Afrikaans festivals, Kaka and Ka, Saito Ustrefias, Freyfias, Anibos, 
Artlop mm-hmm. and um, and take it around. And then also on the cards, I would maybe like to do it in English, but also in the South African context. Right. Where have you set it as a matter of interest in South Africa? We actually didn't depict a, a specific a place. place. Okay. Yeah, okay. it is just... Could be in, anywhere. In South Africa, it could be right. anywhere in South Africa. So instead of the, having the Sunday roast and Yorkshire pudding, they have a braai with <laughs> okay. uh, pork chops and boerewors yeah. and roosterkoek. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it, that you haven't done any Afrikaans. I didn't realize you were Afrikaans because your English is very good. Thank you. So um, it's interesting that you haven't done any Afrikaans theatre. Why not? I have you shied away from it or have you just not been invited? I think it's just the opportunity has never... Oh, okay. uh, yeah been there I haven't really been invited so I decided to then take matters in my own hands as I think I actually did with the unlikely secret agent as well oh I produced it as well oh did you yes. okay so yes make did, your own how work. did you get the role did Paul invite you Paul Detoya the director for the unlikely for the secret unlikely agent. secret agent yeah. um actually no so I got the book Got the idea, asked Paul if he would be interested. He wrote it, but from the very beginning, I was going to be Eleanor. Actually, I wanted to do a one-woman show. And Paul read the book and started writing and then said to me, you know, I don't think it's going to work as a one-woman show. There are so many characters. And so Mm -hmm. it evolved into five actors. Uh, So for me, being the producer, it also became quite an expense. (laughs) (laughs) But it has been so worth it. And I've been very fortunate. I did get funding from the government last year to produce it. And going forward, I know it will happen again. I think you've whet a lot of people's appetite to see this play, which sounds quite extraordinary. And it is an award-winning, a Fleur de Cup Theatre award-winning play. And it's called The Unlikely Secret Agent. It opens at the Baxter Theatre on the 21st of October, closes on the 29th, so it's not a long run. And my guest was Erica Marais, who is playing the role of Eleanor Casrals in what sounds like quite an extraordinary play. So thanks for sharing all that with us. But before you go, you've got one more piece here with Roger Whittaker. Tell me about why you've chosen this. I've always loved Roger Whittaker's music because that's what I grew up with. Uh, For me, Sunday afternoons at home, always we had Roger Whittaker on. My dad loved his music. So it always, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel safe and secure to listen to Roger Whittaker's music. It reminds me very much of my dad Mm -hmm. who passed away 10 years ago already. And um, also just the lyrics. I know it's a love song, but also saying goodbye. And the song just reminds me to always you know, treat other people with kindness, compassion, acceptance, and love, because you never know when it will be the last time. And it's called The Last Farewell, Roger Whitaker. Thank you, Erica, for a lovely interview. Thank you, Rodney. It's been lovely. There's a ship lies rigged and ready in the harbor Tomorrow for old England, she says Far away from your land of endless sunshine To my land full of rainy skies and gales And I shall be aboard that ship tomorrow Though my heart is full of tears at this farewell For you 
People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions. FMR 101.3 